This is Frank Stiano's Comics Podcast on the web at comicspodcast.blogspot.com. In this episode, part two of the January 2008 interview with Don Rosa. You were not new to thinking to yourself of Carbark's adventures in terms of adventures with other human people that you would draw, like we dug out when I came ten years ago oh, for the book. Yeah. yeah. You mean in the sense that uh, back when I was still in grade school, I don't know, about 13, 14 years old, is when the first uh, Karl Barks reprint comic books came out, the best of Donald Duck and Uncle Scrooge editions in the mid-60s, and that's when uh, I'd already gotten rid of all of my childhood comics, uh, because it's uh, the it's not the sort of thing I would have done. I've I've met at least one friend who knew not to get rid of the things from his childhood. He knew those would be important to him his whole life. I did not know that. I uh, I thought that the things you enjoy when you're a kid you enjoy because you're simple minded, <laughs> and so uh, plus the comics I should point out. Like I said, the the, the comics by the late sixties. Mid '60s had uh, they, they weren't as good as they were when I was. They really weren't as good. And even the Carl Bark stories weren't as good as they were uh, when I was, you know, ten years earlier. Uh, Plus, I'm, I'm, you you were reading older comics because of your sister. You weren't really reading in real time. Um, well, my sister was not buying the comics anymore, so I had started buying comics. And when I went out to look at them uh, for myself, I could see that those the Disney comics just didn't look as good as they used to. But now I was interested in. Uh, Superman comics, and uh, these were comics with, uh, uh, they were adventure comics and well-drawn, but uh, they had, they also had a continuity. Uh, That's always a dangerous thing to talk about. People nowadays think of Marvel Comics-style continuity, where the whole universe is a tightly bound, it wasn't that sort of continuity, it was simply that when something was mentioned in one story, it might be mentioned again in another story. Simply that. And that was more interesting to me than the way even Carl Barks would do a comic where an adventure was uh, that the Ducks would have would never be mentioned again. Uh, whereas in a Superman comic, uh, like the Bottle City of Candor could be used again a year later, or uh, a kryptonite could be referred to again, or uh, generally Superman would sometimes make a reference to when he did this, when he went back in a time machine to Krypton the last time. I really enjoy that. Now, I actually, I don't enjoy the Marvel-style, uh, tight, strict continuity, which these uh, critics, the few of them, always think they want to accuse me of, because I think even though they know they're wrong, I just do the... It's the Mort Weisinger. He was the editor of Superman in, in the 50s. It's that style of just very loose continuity. Just normal, but uh, what you'd expect, because uh, the total lack of continuity in a Disney comic is unnatural. I thought it was unnatural even when I was reading them as a kid. Um, how'd we get on? Where are we? Where are we going? Right. Uh, so, so I bought uh, one of these comics. Oh, I was talking about how I I lost interest in the comics because I moved on to other ones. So I got rid of all the comics I grew up with uh, when I started collecting the. Uh, uh, okay, that that I think that's the main reason I got rid of them because when I went down to the used comic store. Uh, the used magazine store, it's always down in the, the slums of the city. Uh, and my, since my father grew up down there, he took me, he'd be glad to take me down to the, the ghetto or the, the slum. I shouldn't call it. It's not that bad, but it's the 
you know, really sleazy part of town. You know, right next to this uh, comic used comic book used magazine store was uh, the, the, the Follies, the the uh, what do you call them, the strip joints, all in that whole area. So, uh, but I mean, he was a city boy from when he was a kid, so he he knew it was okay if he'd take me down there, and we weren't going to get killed. I don't think he would have let me go into the strip joint, but he wouldn't mind if I went to the comic book store next or uh, bookstore next to it. Anyway, uh, uh, the reason I got rid of my sister's comics, I guess, was not so much that I was trying to purge myself of them, but when I went in there to buy some used uh, Superman comics, I found out you could get two for one, I, I, or one for two. If I brought in two comics, I could get one for free. So that's when I'd unload my sister's comics. I'd carry them down there, and, and, and then I could get uh, half as many comics in exchange, and I didn't have to spend any money. So that's the main reason, I guess, I got rid of my sister's comics. Anyway, in 1965, I think it was, uh, Gold Key published The Best of Donald Duck and Uncle Scrooge. And I, uh, in fact, I didn't see that on the newsstand. I actually saw it used, uh, you know, it was just like a month old, at this used magazine store right. while I was looking for Superman comics. And I picked this up, and uh, unless I'm mistaken, it was there was two stories in it. One, the reason it caught my eye is it had the golden helmet which was my favorite Donald Duck story. In fact, when I got rid of all of my sister's comics, there were two that I just couldn't bear to part with. One was The Golden Helmet, and one was Only a Poor Old Man, were my two favorite Donald Duck, uh, Duck comics. And, and that's the one we found earlier on. So we might uh, uh, yeah, talk we'll about that. that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, The Golden Helmet was one that was being reprinted. And uh, that caught my attention because that was my favorite comic, and I'm looking at this, and it said the, the editor's choice or something, you know, the, the most the classic story of Donald Duck, and I'm thinking, so other people like that story? Maybe, maybe I maybe I liked it for more than that I was just a stupid kid. Maybe it was a good story, and I've got good taste. So that, And then I uh, looked at what else uh, was in the issue, and it was the, uh, the Old Castle Secret. And that was actually an older comic than my sister had. She didn't have them going back. She started maybe a year or two after that one was published in 1948. And I looked at that, and I've never seen a Donald Duck comic like that. It had atmosphere like an old movie. It was scary. It was not cute, like, uh, and, and a lot more detailed than even uh, Barks's later art was. And uh, so I took that comic home, and what you just handed me in the magazine here, is an example of uh, all I wanted to do was the joy of telling that story myself. But I went about it in a, in a strange way. I'm, you know, the, the ideas that occur to kids, uh, you can't explain them. But I thought if I just copied that story with my own characters into my own little comic books, uh, it would be fun. And I would, like, participate in telling the story, even though I was copying the story. I was, I was creating new parts like, there would be parts that I would tell differently. Like, I think uh, uh, the, the villains would get killed, like in a movie. Or it's that, a bit like some some kid, some 14 or 16-year-old kid listens to some music on the radio and it's really good and wants to pick up the guitar and play the okay, game and maybe sure. do some variations. Okay, and, like that. and I never did that. I was never interested in music, but like uh, rock and roll, but yeah, there's a lot of people did that. They wanted, they wanted to buy, a, just for the pure fun of creating that same sound, they... They weren't so much interested right away that would come later, creating their own music. They wanted the joy of hearing those sounds come out of their hands. Yeah. And then that would inspire them to say, well, that's so cool. What if I make change a little bit here and add this? And, and then later on, they've got some. It's very good. 
so, but to me, it was comics that I enjoyed. And these things that were in, in ledgers that your father brought from work, you can see? Yeah, they were... And they uh, were only for your own amusement. Nobody right, ever saw nobody them. Nobody saw them. First uh, guy to see this is me 10 years ago when I was writing the book. You'd be one of the first people. I imagine I've shown them to, uh, like, Rafe, my friends, my comic book collector friends. I'd show them what I do. And, uh, and there's still nobody uh, has ever sat down and looked all the way through any of them. So would you show them as in, here's the thing, have a look and flick the pages, or would you give it to them, give it to me next... No, I just, nobody I read it. No, nobody nobody read has ever read any of those. Uh, and I'm sure the, the ones I did when I was uh, like eight or nine years old, there's impossible to read. I mean, they made sense to me because I knew what was going on. And I, if I looked at them now, maybe I can get a sense of where I'm going and I can maybe understand them. But I'll bet if I look at some of them, I'll have no idea what the story's about because you know it's not being explained properly. Is uh, but yeah, yeah. I put uh, my father uh, from the office. He would get these uh, blank business ledgers, or they were like diaries. They were uh, daily appointment diaries. But the thing was, the pages were blank instead of ruled. You know, there were no lines on the pages, so each page was blank, and and it was already a bound book. So that was fun to be able to put. Uh, I started out originally doing them on separate pieces of paper and then stapling the pages together. I don't think I had a staple. I think my uh, I we sewed had them seen together. some. Some of them were sewn. Yeah, yes, they were sewn for when with, you were with yarn, not yes, even through the yarn thread. <laughs> but then my father showed me one of these books, and from then on, uh, I'd always use these blank uh, business diaries. And it was like a, a what we had in America, like big little books. It was a comic book, but one illustration on each page. Yeah, they were small. They were not not giant books. Uh, so there was one comic book panel per page, and uh, but they were thick books. Yeah, yeah, you should point out they're not thin books like a comic. They were big, thick, hundreds of pages. Um, so I did one book of uh, the Golden Helmet with my characters and a few of my own plot twists, and then I did another book of the Old Castle Secret with my characters and uh, maybe a couple of extra scenes or so on. Right. So we started on all this uh, backward trip because we were going to talk about you getting to the Son of the Sun, right? So we've okay. seen the first first version of the Son of the Sun. Then you were doing Lancelot. Then the first another. version was in the, the school. Oh, well, actually, the first version uh, we had talked up to the point where I had, was leading up to it, and then they told me they didn't want it. So I, I sat out the rest of that year. That was the second semester of... Uh, junior or senior year and then in the next semester they had a new editor so I went back and I said uh, I'd like to do a, your political cartoons and I'd like to do a comic strip and that, that time they said okay and this was an editor who wasn't so serious about you know everything had to be uh, maybe he had a different uh, he wanted to be maybe a different type of editor maybe the first editor wanted to be the editorial page editor so he has a much too serious outlook as far as I was concerned, and this next editor was a more general, uh, like, like uh, put together a nice put together a nice newspaper because there should be parts uh, uh, serious uh, news commentary uh, and then serious news reporting and maybe some uh, a little bit of fluff. <laughs> so uh, now just as a curiosity, have you do you remember who these people were? Do you know if they ever yeah. knew that they they were grooming the down road so they would become world famous? No. Well, one funny thing though, I've. Uh, I've never heard back from the University of Kentucky, and I, I would think that uh, 
somebody has pointed out to him that uh, one of the world's uh, apparently most famous Uncle Scrooge stories and my very first story and whatever this this you can call my career what came from that was first published in their newspaper. And I would think they would, uh, as you know, college age editor, they think that was an interesting story. They'd want to interview me, especially nowadays that uh, comic books are supposed to be hip. Even though not many people read them, still they're still considered to be hip in business. You know, they uh, all the Superman and Batman and uh, Spider-Man movies. Of course, I'm not doing Spider-Man, or I'm doing Donald Damn Duck, which is probably what they're. If, if anybody ever showed it to them, they said, "That's Donald Duck. Who wants to read that?" You know, in America, that's nobody reads those kind of comics or even knows those that never existed. But uh, I'm surprised that uh, nobody from the, the Kentucky Colonel—that's what it was called. Uh, kind of a play on words. It's a kernel of information. Also, the Kentucky Colonel, like the K O L O N E L, compared to K E R N E L. Yeah, the Colonel Sanders is an imitation of a an old Kentucky Colonel. And then there's the Colonel of uh, like a corn Colonel of information. Anyway, uh, and I'm surprised that nobody has ever wanted to interview me about uh, that. Anyhow, uh, that's all for today. Visit comicspodcast.blogspot.com for related material. And if you choose to leave a comment on the blog, I'm sure our interviewee will get a kick out of it too. Until next time, goodbye.